Introduction Welcome to the Sligo City Heritage Trail by Abarta Audio Guides. This guide, produced in conjunction with Sligo County Council and the Heritage Council, will lead you around the historic town of Sligo and introduce you to some of the stories and people of the past. Today, Sligo is referred to as a city, reflecting its primary role as the driver of socio-economic growth in the region. However, throughout this audio guide, we will refer to the historic town of Sligo to reflect its rich heritage and the many layers of history that have shaped Sligo since its foundation. Similarly, Sligo City Hall will be referred throughout as the Town Hall. Set in one of the most picturesque landscapes in Ireland, Sligo is surrounded by the Ox Mountains to the south, Knocknaray, with the tomb of Queen Maeve to the west, Benbulban to the north, and the long expanse of Lochgill to the east. The town grew around an important crossing point on the Garavogue River on an ancient routeway between Connacht and Ulster. However, this strategic location became a double-edged sword for the people of Sligo. The routeway brought wealth, merchants, visitors, pilgrims and new ideas, but it also brought many marching armies who came to destroy. The name Sligo comes from the Irish Sligoch, meaning Shelley Place, as shellfish were once plentiful along the coast that lies west of the town. Indeed, the abundance of shellfish was a vital food source for people from the earliest times. From as early as the Mesolithic period, people collected shellfish along the Sligo coastline, leaving behind the many piles of discarded shells known as middens that still surround Sligo Bay. The Garavogue River played a key role in the development of the town and has always been an important fishery, particularly for salmon, trout and eels. From January to September, it is possible to see people fishing for salmon along the Garavogue. Some believe that the bounty of salmon is thanks to a blessing bestowed by St. Patrick. In 1290, a royal charter was conferred on Sligo, granting it borough status and giving it the right to hold markets and charge tolls. This regular lucrative income ensured that the town was economically viable for the Anglo-Normans who settled here. Thanks to its strategic location, Sligo had developed sufficiently by the early 1400s to contain a castle, Dominican Abbey, a hospice providing accommodation for pilgrims and visitors, and the parish church of John the Baptist, which later became St. John's Cathedral. Unfortunately, medieval life was difficult and uncertain, as a series of wars, dynastic struggles and raids saw Sligo burned and plundered numerous times. However, the settlement of Sligo remained resolute, and each time it was destroyed, it was quickly rebuilt. The port of Sligo also contributed to the development of the town. It became well known as a trading port and exported herring and salmon from its thriving fisheries. A well-known rhyme in Bristol at the time recalled, Herring of Sligo and salmon of Ban, as made in Bristol many a rich man. As well as salted fish, 
chief exports from Sligo included hides and wool. The port also imported goods to be sold in the local markets. By the 15th century, English merchants are recorded as trading with Sligo when ships from Bristol landed an assorted cargo consisting of 20 urns of wine, salt and packs of cloth. During the turbulent 16th century, Sligo was firmly in the grip of the Gaelic chieftains but continued to thrive thanks to its trading port. Fairs and markets were well established and it is likely that the market centred around the market cross at the bottom of Market Street. Later in the 16th century, the English began to reassert their influence over Sligo. By the end of the century, County Sligo had been separated from the ancient Gaelic kingdom of Breffney, now County Leitrim. In the first half of the 17th century, Sligo entered a period of peace and prosperity. The town was one of the new municipal and parliamentary boroughs awarded corporation status by King James I in 1612. Though the early years of the 17th century were relatively peaceful, the authorities strengthened the defences of the town. They added town walls, the green fort and the stone fort, built in the latest defensive design. In those days of prosperity, many English and Scottish settlers came to live, work and trade in the growing town. Sligo was fast developing as the principal settlement of North Connacht and even began to rival Galway as a trading hub. However, all this changed when Sligo was ripped apart during the rebellion of 1641 and took many years to recover. War struck Sligo again in the 1690s and led to a strong military presence in the town for decades after. At the beginning of the 18th century, Sligo returned to prosperity and became well known as the centre of commerce, law and justice. The population increased rapidly and the population of the county grew from around 35,000 in 1732 to over 70,000 in 1801 the growth being affected by a brief period of famine in 1750. During the 19th century, the town began to evolve and the windy medieval street pattern was supplemented with new streets and streetscapes. Throughout its history, the port and river have always been a constant vital artery flowing through Sligo. Both have greatly influenced the town and its people. Sligo also has an incredible cultural legacy which includes music, art and literature. It was home and a place of childhood holidays to the famous Yeats brothers, the painter Jack Butler Yeats and the poet William Butler Yeats. As well as these cultural icons, Sligo has also influenced many musicians and has a thriving traditional music scene renowned for its unique style. Comedian and author Spike Milligan, whose father came from Sligo, was extremely fond of his adopted town and wrote humorously and affectionately about it in many of his works. We will begin our journey through Sligo's story on Key Street at the handsome Town Hall. When you are ready, please select the next track, Key Street and the Town Hall. Town Hall. 